What's up, streamers, and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about something that is very important considering we're doing it all the time. That thing is developing our camera presence. Yes, we sit on camera all the time, and sometimes we don't think about how the things that we're doing are impacting our audience. So, If you do this the right way, camera presence can be an incredibly powerful tool for the growth of your channel. It can really help you uh, impact people better. It can help you leave a a better impression. And the person that we're going to be speaking to has actually uh, had a very successful career in Broadway. And so everything that he's learned as an an entertainer as a stage performer, he's going to be bringing to this episode to help us step up our game on camera. He also works in marketing for Twitch. And so he is going to walk us through what it's like to uh, market ourselves. And this is a, this is more high level marketing than I think we've really discussed before, but he's going to walk us through a lot of marketing ideas, like maybe having our own email list or starting to create products or finding other ways to monetize ourselves and how to come across uh, authentic, even if we're trying to sell ourselves. Let's go ahead and get into the episode and I will see you after. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today with me, I have Twitch staff, ex-Broadway performer, marketing, just total genius, dude. That's a very professional title, by the way. That's exactly what it is. Taylor. Uh (laughs) What's up, Taylor? (laughs) Hi, how you doing? Glad to be here, and thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited for having you. For those of you who don't know, uh, Taylor has been helping me kind of behind the scenes with developing the website for the ebook, as well as I think we're going to talk about like an email list in the future and all these other things. He has been an absolute freaking amazing, amazing resource for me. I think we're going to be working together a lot. So I'm very excited to introduce you to him. And today we're going to be talking about something that is really important for all streamers. So if you've ever felt like you're not very entertaining or you're not very interesting to watch, or maybe people are coming by and you're not really doing anything and they're getting bored and they're immediately leaving, we're going to be be talking about developing your on-screen charisma and uh, performance today as well as marketing. So we're going to get into, uh, man, I don't know how deep we're going to go, A, but, but we'll see. This is a, a little unprepared compared to our normal episodes. But what's cool about this is that I feel like this is going to come across as more of a a conversation as opposed to a, like an interview, right? So I'm really excited to have you on and get started, Taylor. Let's Great. just start with you from the, the very beginning. Um mm. Tell us like how you found Twitch, how you got started on Broadway. Just give us your your little story here. Yeah, um, I had always played games. I remember my family bought or my 
I don't know how it arrived at my house, but there was a Nintendo Entertainment System at some point, and it was a big deal for me and my neighbor friends. I kind of lived up in the hills in Los Angeles, so walking to a friend's house was like walking through the woods, um, and if the lights were out, we were playing the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was very scary. Um, and uh, as I grew up, I played war games, really interested in it as an art form, and I said, you know what I really want to do is I want to be a computer programmer. So I took uh, programming classes and went, oh, this is a lot of math. Um, and I think for me as an extroverted person, I didn't want to be like heads down in code all day. I wanted to be really interactive. And, and at the time, um, I had always seen like computer programmers very like, you know, in, and now I realize they're a little bit more out there. Um, so in the middle of high school, I switched to performance because I'd been doing performance for a while. And I was like, hey, um, maybe I should do this Broadway thing because I was involved in musical theater. So I switched everything, took dancing, singing, blah, blah, blah. Um, eventually went to school for musical theater and then got, got cast in a tour of a Broadway show. Went on tour for two years. That show was called Jersey Boys. Um, and then did it on Broadway for five years. And just kind of got done with um, the entertainment industry as a whole. You think about it um, being in that world as you're kind of like an athlete. Is once you hit a certain age, um, you age out, or or you know, if, if you're between the ages of twenty and forty, you are a general character. But if, as soon as you hit forty and you get older, um, you are an older character and you're the mom and dad or you're the grand, you know, and so you get kind of more niched out. And I said to myself, as I get older, you know, I'm not sure I want my body and my visage to be my main driver of income, um, or my, my life anymore. Um, and I'm really happy that I was able to transition my hobby of performance into, sorry, uh, my professional life of performance into a hobby. And now I can kind of use my brain more and, and do some more marketing things. Um, but that's where I am. You know, I, I still perform. I still do Twitch. I found Twitch because um, I, I love games. I love esports, and I love all that stuff. But I realized it was um, really, really different in a compelling way because my parents are all in entertainment um, and have been really involved in live entertainment. So seeing kind of this new live paradigm uh, grow has been uh, really cool. So I've been streaming myself, um, but playing with it and figuring out where my seat in the world of Twitch is. That's so exciting. Ah, you've got such an interesting backstory. Uh, Thank you. What, what do you do with Twitch specifically? Um, so I work with the developer marketing team. I'm currently employed as a contractor. Um, so they use me to help develop marketing programs to promote their developer programs. So if you wanted to build a chat bot, you wanted to build an extension, something that utilizes kind of the back end of Twitch, I'm involved with that. So cool. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of marketing especially on Twitch, a lot, a lot of this has to do with how can you bring more awareness to who you are and what you're doing. Um, so we're definitely going to get into that. But let's start mm -hmm. with the on-camera work specifically. Yeah. This is, I think, for a lot of people is very interesting because we hear all the time that you need to be entertaining, right? Like mm -hmm. you need to be entertaining. People need to have fun and laugh a lot while they're watching you. And if you're not making them laugh, then you're just doing a crap job. 
Yeah. So first off, let's talk about um, building a scene <laughs> that gets yeah. people to want to to stick around and how that <laughs> construction really makes that easier for us. Yeah. So, you know, with with Twitch, we're, we're, we're looking at um, when I scroll through. You see the little, you know, cameras like, oh, if I turn, uh, so you can probably see it in my screen, not if you're listening, but like I have um, a scene here where I'm in the corner, right? I'm clear. You can see my face. You know, the the game would be behind me or whatever, right? Or if I'm doing just chatting, I have a studio that I work with, right? And so there's contrast and color and interesting stuff there. Um, and for this interview and other interviews, I've built this thing where it really focuses on my face. But wherever you're looking through these channels, if everybody's playing a game like Apex Legends, it's the same visual frame each time. So how do you make your frame unique? Now, if you are really good at video games, you may not really need to do this because you get to be known as the person who plays it well. Um, But if you are somebody who's just starting out or doing just chatting or you're playing a game, how do I get it so when I scroll down, I see... that's a really interesting, dynamic, colorful scene. And that person looks like somebody I want to interact with and talk with. Um, that's why you're, uh, you know, when, when you say, well, well, we'll talk about that later, but, but um, the camera scene you set up is really important. So often when you, you know, put a billion things on screen, you know, you put overlays and you do all that stuff, that's helpful to make you unique. But once I go into stream uh, or once I click on it, um, then I see all of it. Now I have to digest it, and that's when you kind of convert. But that top, that top concept of what does the scene look like in thumbnail? And if I'm scrolling by, how do I go, oh, that's an interesting thing. Uh, last night I was scrolling through, and this person had on two pairs of glasses. Um, it was red sunglasses and then sunglasses on the bridge of their nose. And then on their forehead was... Um, a sound effects button that they would hit. And that was the thumbnail. And and I was like, uh, okay, I got to click on that. You know, and I jump in and it's only like 70 or 80 concurrence, but it was a really interesting piece, but it was that stepping of interest then into entertainment. And I think a lot of people go, well, you know, I need to be entertaining, but if you're not getting enough people visiting and chatting, um, through discovery, and as you talk about, there's discovery through YouTube, there's discovery through Twitter, there's discovery through all these different mediums. Um, but one that I think a lot of people miss is that discovery through that actual thumbnail, and that's why building scenes like this and building a camera experience um, helps. A lot of people just set up a camera, and you know the lighting's poor, the background sucks. Uh, you know there, there's nothing there, or even if they're uh, not on camera, there's nothing on there to represent who they are or what is being there. Um, if you are on camera, I will suggest this. Pull this and not destroy everything here. Um, you can get one of these at Home Depot for like five bucks. It's a little clamp light, um, but it drastically changes your dynamic. Right. Even, uh, so, uh, you know, and even if you're, you're in the basement or, or the kitchen, uh, you know, the, the background doesn't matter. It's like, make you compelling. Here's another thing you can do. This is a, a really stupid thing. 
you know, <laughs> is just what, what makes you dynamic or different? And I can add a little, you know, flavor here. And I go, okay, now, uh, you know, the, the little thumbnail has something different than all the other, you know, white guys on screen. So it's, it's just little, little somethings in the thumbnail that are like, it's like wrestling. What's your gimmick? What's the thing that gets going to people go, Oh, what's that? You know? Yeah. It's definitely that like freshness. And I think you're completely right. We talk a lot about getting more people to hang out with you and, and delivering yeah. value to people through so many other platforms. But we don't really talk often about how to make the thumbnail look visually interesting. So people actually want to come and hang out. Let's assume that like we've created a really cool thumbnail. Someone sees yeah. our stream. We stand out amongst all of the other people and they click and they come in. Mm-hmm. What type of persona makes someone want to stay and watch you? Um, enjoy talking to, um, when somebody comes in, I think a lot of times people are looking for connection. They're looking for, especially in the smaller streams. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the people who get, you know, 10,000 concurrence and how they're able to interact at all. But if somebody's coming into a new stream, um, there's a, a person that, um, who I think uh, streams as part of the Yam fam. Um, I'm not going to name names unless you want me to name names. But it's just like you're the friend. Somebody walks in the room and you go, "Hey, there you are. I'm I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to invite you into my house. Here, have a drink, sit down." Um, but if you're sitting there, if you're sitting there like this, I'm just kind of talking like this or not or anything. It's like, is that interesting? Is that something I want to want to interact with? Um, so so the 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 personality you want to create on stream is a heightened version of yourself. Um, it's a, it's a higher caffeinated version of yourself. And that's why a lot of people, when they stream, they go, I feel sometimes I feel so exhausted after I'm streaming because I've been on for so long, but what it takes is kind of figuring out who you are and just turning it up a little bit. Now me, I'm really energetic, but I'm not this energetic all the time. I'm specifically energetic for camera. And when someone sees me for the first time, um, that energy comes to the person. Um, and, and the other component about that is when you come in, I am here to take care of you. You are my viewer. You are somebody who is either watching at home and hanging out, maybe doing something else. You're in the office. I'm here to create content for you in the background. I'm not here to go, yeah, you know, I'm, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm just, it's like, no, I'm here to be the host for you to enjoy yourself. Um, so that's why I, I keep saying if you're streaming or you're creating content, the objective for you to get people to come in and relax and stay is to make them feel at ease. You want them to not feel like they need to take care of you, the streamer, but the streamer takes care of the audience. Um, and, and that takes guts because a lot of people go, oh, I'm really shy on stream or I don't feel good on camera or, or I don't feel good taking care of people. Maybe you're not there and that's fine. Um, what I would say is let's take baby steps getting there. But what you want to do, you know, on, on, to cap all of this off is to have a little bit higher status than the people who are coming in because a higher status allows – 
them to relax and for them to not think about having to deal with your baggage. Um, but they're there to dump their emotional labor on you as a streamer. You know? Yes, that is so accurate. And it's not it's not you dumping emotional labor on them. It's this is a space for them to come and enjoy themselves and to hang out. So I think that leads perfectly into and I know you're you're mentioning this on freaking purpose. I swear, but this is such a perfect segue. Uh the other day during the stream you talked about the status seesaw, right? Yeah. Can you explain that for us? Yeah, so um, there's a really so in in my improv exploration. There's a really great book book called Impro by Keith Johnstone, and there was this chapter that really blew my mind with idea of every status you have in life is a seesaw. Powerful people, or sorry, people with higher status are in contrast to lower status. And those always want to be in equilibrium. The people on lower status want to move up, and the people in higher status get pushed down. There's two ways you can make this, and, and they're always moving together. So there's certain ways that this status seesaw can happen. So if I'm at a higher level up here with my hand there and a lower level over here, um, and someone comes into my stream, it's my objective to lift them up, right? So I do that by either lifting their side up or putting my side down. So I come into, uh, you know, I come into your stream and I go, Ashney, um, uh, you are so good at what you do. I'm so thankful for everything that you put out into the world. You are so great. I'm lifting your status up while reducing my status. And you then react and go, oh, you're great too. That puts us back at equilibrium, right? But never, or I wouldn't say never, but part of this status he saw is uh, something else we talked about on stream was thanking viewers. If you go and you go, oh my God, thank you so much for being here. I, uh, it's just so, uh, it's so hard for me to build an audience and I just, I, I really need this, right? You are lowering your status to bring that other person up. Now they have to do emotional labor and they have to push themselves down to get you back up. Right. So that's why I always say as a streamer, you want your status to always be slightly above your viewer, because that means you are in charge of the emotional labor and they don't have to do work to lift you up. They can operate themselves. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. This is so good. And this actually, I think, speaks to some of the research that we were looking at on stream last week that uh, study about motivations behind live stream viewer engagement, right? And yeah, one of the yeah. big pieces of that was that people want to come into a channel where they feel like they matter, right? So a big question that we started encouraging people to ask was, uh, how do you make your viewers more influential? Like, how do you kind of uh, set that status seesaw at an equilibrium as opposed to you just being unreachable and like unattainable and, and you're so important, you're beyond them. It's putting both of you at, at an equal level. So I think that that's, that's an awesome concept to think about in terms of streaming for sure. Right. And on that point, the point you're talking about is, is how do you make them feel important? It's mm -hmm. by lifting them up. Yeah. And by lifting them up, you make yourself more approachable by bringing your side down. And approachability 
gives you a little bit better, you know, synergy um, with your audience <laughs> and they feel more close and connected with you. Amazing. Ah, that's so good. So if you're listening right now, you're probably already thinking about different things that you could say to make your viewers feel like they have more influence over you and your channel. And that would probably be stuff like, um, uh, I've seen what you're doing. That's so smart. Or, uh, I saw you post that thing that was really cool. Or, um, you like you, if you make a really funny joke, if somebody makes a really funny joke in your, ch- in your chat, you can say you're hilarious. You're so much funnier, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just building people up, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of time, that's what people come in to chat for is to be validated. And when yeah. you're in a place where you need or want you are a place of lower status looking to have your status raised up. Um, I have my popsicle emote that I think is super funny. And I go into chat and I show my popsicle. That sounds gross. Um, and I show this emote. Um, and I, I'm going to be honest. I want my emote to be validated. I want it to be like, that's a great emote. You know, and so that person comes and goes, that's a great emote. I'm lifted up and now I'm connected with my streamer in a better way. Let me ask you about um, authenticity, right? So there's a, I think there's a piece of this that is really important for us to acknowledge. And that's that you can't always as a streamer be um, just happy all the time. You can't, you won't always feel like you want to build people up in every single stream for the entire time after years of doing this and hours of doing this. There's some people doing it six days a week for like 10 hours a stream for five, 10 years, something crazy. What would you... Uh, what would you encourage people to do if they feel like maybe they don't have that emotional labor to give that day? Right. Um, so, so I think there's two things here. One is that as you, as you experience more and more chat and Twitch is you start to recognize behavior that people take to get certain things. You have people who are trying to create reactions. You have people who are trying to interact with stream. You have people who want to be validated, right? And so if someone comes into stream and you notice that they're looking for validation, but you're not ready to give it that day, um, you can do a soft acknowledgement. You can just go, you know, uh, hey, Ashney, how are you? You know, or you don't even have to recognize it. Now, if it's somebody who's being toxic or somebody who's giving you so much emotional labor, um, this is not everybody's advice. This is just my personal advice. I think you can ignore it. Um, I know I've seen people come into other chats and say, you know, not nice things. And you can either ignore it or you can go, nah, that's not what my community is about. Right. Um, Because I think a lot of this has to do with self-selection. If you're having a bad day or you're having a rough day and the audience that you've created is empathetic to that, the work that you're doing isn't going to have to be hard. But if there's a new person who comes in and doesn't grok with that or does grok with that, they're going to self-select. You can't be – you can't be this – you can't be everything to everybody. You have to create a community that's truly yours, right? So I think there's there's two sides of this. Is One is creating reactions that are going to work and be authentic for you. But on the other side, rewarding good behavior and punishing or ignoring bad behavior. Um, 
I know when I first started Twitch and I, you know, I said something to get attention, um, it was ignored. And I went, oh, this is not the chat for me. So I went to another place. Perfect. I love that. Let's talk about the different types of um, uh, just on-screen identities. So we know that we should be uh, selecting the type of of community or the type of culture and developing the atmosphere based on the things that we're responding to in chat. And we know that we need to have like a visually interesting and aesthetic scene, but there are a lot of different types of scenes. So there are people that use green screens, people that use uh, a normal room like I do, or just doing voice only and not having a camera or being a character streamer. There's a lot of different ways that you can uh, create a persona, right? Yeah. Talk to us about um, the different. Yeah, just talk to us about that and how all of those those things are different um, and how we might make our our choices between them. Yeah, you know, I I think the 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 higher level piece here is some people are comfortable on camera. Hello, some people are not as comfortable on. Camera how you express your art um, is going to be different, right? So if you're someone with no camera, how do you make your screen or your content different than people who do have a, a, a camera? Um, you know, I think one of the greatest things that you introduced me to was the captions on stream, right? Um, is it, it just gives it a, a different level and a different visual medium to experience. Um, I know a lot of um, role-playing streamers don't use cameras. Um, some do. But a lot of don't, and they just want to inhabit that character. And that's a different type of experience for a no-camera streamer. Um, but once again, it comes down to what is the difference between you and everybody else on Twitch? And if you don't have a camera... Think of something that's going to make you unique, you know, whether that's a giant picture of David Hasselhoff on screen. I don't care. But something where people are going to go, what is this? I have to know more. Um, now, if you're a character streamer, um, you get to build a character, and that's really interesting. And I think one of my favorite character streamers, uh, his name is Federal Ghosts, and he is a ghost from, uh, I think, the, the mid-1850s. Uh, and and it, it, it's great. It's amazing. Um, but everything he does is through the vision of this cartoon ghost and everything he says so you can actually interact with him on stream and ask him things about ghost life um and he actually has a command called horse facts where he says i'm a ghost that i know a lot about horses and you can ask him a horse fact at any time and he will make up a fact about horses it's not real but it's something where he can speak from the voice of this character and his little avatar on screen but once again it's something Thing that makes you dynamic and different than anybody else on Twitch that keeps you there. Um, I follow him because I think he's really funny, but I also go, this is such an amazing way to create attraction for a character that's so different than anything I've experienced on Twitch. Um, the next one is a camera with a room. This one I think is um, both the easiest and the hardest. The easiest in that all you need is a camera and you got your background and that's it. Um, 
But the objective there is, okay, how do I make that little window in the corner interesting? Um, and some people have their camera to the side, so people are playing like this. Some people are going, I know Tim the Tatman, I think he's got a, one like this, and he's got all this stuff in the background. But you have to think about, if my fingers work here in the video portion of this, is you have to think about this border here, right? You have to think about what exists in this border. And this little thing, like you, in the upper left, Left-hand corner, you got that whiteboard, right? That's very specific to you. And you have the little salt lamp. And you're creating this foreground, medium ground, background that is your scene and makes it unique to you. Um, uh, Tim the Tatman does it. I know another streamer who has LED neon lights behind and has created the scene. But it, it's once again, it's creating whatever the scene is. And then you on camera is you are talking to the people out there. And if you're, if you're somebody who's going to look at the game here, every once in a while, it's like talking to your friend in the room. That camera, that camera is your friend that's on the couch with you, playing games with you. So every once in a while, how you doing? You know, make a connection. Go back to your game. Talk. You're talking like you're on camera, but you're talking here, right? It's, it's just that simple of the, the Twitch window is a window between you and your audience, and that's one person. You're speaking to one person. Um, and so imagine you're on your couch, right, and the person is right there with you, and you're just talking to them. Um, you're, you're being authentic. Um, I know somebody in here um, in this chat, uh, I, I go to that stream every so often, and it's a great experience because it's just like, hey, we're all just hanging out. And that's what a lot of people want in that connection of that square. And then finally, the green screen, which I have here, you have so much creativity, but you see a lot of people who have this, where it's them in the corner and it's the same thing on every stream. So the question is, how do you make that unique? Um, and once again, I think it goes back to the thumbnail piece, is how do you make this thumbnail interesting? Now, here's the problem with this one, is if you are on the bottom and you have nothing underneath you, Twitch actually puts a gradient on the bottom that actually um, makes like half of the the scene at the bottom kind of um, obstructed. So how do you make it so you're a little bit higher than that obstruction and you can be seen and different? Um, and it's easier to be different in here because all of our faces are different. And all of our, oh, that's my studio. All of our faces are different. All of our skin is different. Your hair is purple. There are all these little different things that we can have there to make it interesting and different. Um, but those are these different levels of kind of on-screen identities. And if I missed anybody, if, if I missed anything, please let me know. But I think those are the ways to go, no matter what you're doing, some people go, oh, I don't have a camera. Can I still stream? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But you got to figure out what makes your visual component different than anybody else out there. That's so good. And I love that you called out uh, the gradient that put Twitch puts on the thumbnail because a lot of people okay. don't think about that. I've seen mm -hmm. so many streams where people make themselves like hilariously tiny in the bottom corner and it looks like nothing is on the stream except for the game. And I'll click and go in and I'm yeah. like, oh, there's a tiny person. <laughs> right. They're like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> they're super. And don't get sick. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're super tiny in the corner, like make yourself a little bit bigger. Probably. Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe that's your thing. I don't know. Maybe being right. a little tiny person is is good for you. 
Well, I did see another guy who did the green screen, but he put a social media banner underneath. And so he could lift himself up a little bit. Oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like different things you can put underneath too. You can do like tip bars or sub goals, whatever you want. Oh, here's a shout out. If you know the Envato Marketplace, yeah, and maybe and maybe you know like uh, after or you have a so there's hundreds of bits and bobs and things that you can put on there, the you know, confetti or whatever. Um, and I've already spent so much money because I go, ooh, this is cool, and I could have this and uh, all the creative things you can create to make your scene interesting. And at the end of the day, all that, can I, can I curse? Go for it. Yeah. At the end of the day, all that shit doesn't matter because, (laughs) because it's about you and your personality, but to get people to come into the top of the funnel, which is where they begin to discover you and see you, those little things do matter. Oof. Oof. Ugh. so good. After, let's see, we figured out the visual component of this entire process, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A big Mm -hmm. part of this, too, is the vocal piece of it. Yeah. So I've recommended a lot that, like, microphones are incredibly important and you should invest in, if you're going to invest in anything, a great mic is probably the best place to start. Can you talk about the, the vocal side of performance? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people a lot of people don't think about their voice when it comes to streaming because they go, "Oh, I'm just me. I talk. I the way that I talk." But I think increasingly we have more of a tendency as Americans to have the vocal fry, which is, you know, you kind of talk like down here and you know, you can't really understand what <laughs> what people say, you know, um, and, and it's, it, or, or you're monotone and you're just talking like this, or you're just talking like, it's like that, that audio experience is emotional. And I want to feel your emotion through your voice. Um, so if I'm talking on stream and there's, there's no emotion in my voice and I'm just talking like this or I want a vocal fry, it's like, who cares? I don't feel any catharsis with that. Whereas if I send the voice, and I used to sing too, so I know about this, but if you oh. send the voice up into the front of the face... Um, not on the nose, because then you get over here, but if you just send it up and let it resonate a little bit and just be a little bit louder, you can get your emotions into your voice. Um, some people say smile while you're speaking um, so they can hear your smile. I think that makes it really hard on video because you're looking like this and you look like a robot. But really allow your emotions to affect your voice. And they go different places. And I know it sounds really weird for me to go like this, but it it allows the audience to not only see when you're feeling frustrated, but also hear when you're feeling frustrated. And I think that's why a lot of horror game streamers um, are exciting for people because you get to hear and see their emotions in the things that they're doing. This is so good. So good. Honestly, they're... uh... I, four or five years ago, uh, this was a huge problem for me. 
And I had the most boring, boring voice. I would sit and just talk and there wasn't a lot of uh, difference in like the vocal range or the, the levels that I was at. And you are completely right that I think a lot of people can instantly make this change and immediately become more interesting. Stop right. talking and just you- very boring and instead like enunciate and have have impact or have excitement behind your words. I've noticed some of the times when like our viewership really spikes, it's always during a time where I'm getting really passionate and there's a lot of fire behind what I'm saying. And people see that and they hear it because the passion isn't just like, it's not a physical thing that I start moving around really weird and I start like getting all crazy. It's it's a, a vocal thing. They hear it. They hear passion. Your voice raises. It goes up. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be here really a bad time to do i'm so angry about this. no it it gets in your voice and you get so angry about it you know and you, you you let it come out in your voice because once again a lot of these people are watching you in the background or just listening to you in the background as they work or they do other things you want to keep them there and engaged and let them re-engage um so uh, a little a little hot tidbit about that is there are moments where if you have it on the background, a great way to get people to re-engage is to ask a question or have um, a discussion because people want to go back in and start mm-hmm. chatting, right? Um, I know that when you were started talking about political stuff the other day, ooh, that chat was going <laughs> crazy, right? But yeah. it's it's about that that audio stimulation of getting you back into engagement, which then leads to them becoming more engaged and passionate about you as a streamer. Yeah, that's a huge thing that, that we encourage a lot is asking questions and having yeah. things prepared, but not just having things prepared ahead of time, but also um, it being very organic and like fitting mm-hmm. into the content. So there was a time yeah. like I knew that asking questions got people to say something in chat around like 2015. And I, I had that moment of like chat hasn't said anything for a while. I kind of panicked a little bit. And I asked like some ridiculous question. If you could be any vegetable, which vegetable would you be or something? And people were yeah. like, what? Because <laughs> it was so random and it didn't fit with what was happening literally like three or four minutes before. And that was a huge learning experience because I realized like it has to it has to be authentic too. It has to fit. Uh, but asking questions is one of the best things that you can do to create more chat interaction and to have people another, actually care. Another definition word that I like to use is congruence. Is that the words and the content you're putting out congruent to who you are? Now I may look really, cool, but I'm not going to. Um, be somebody who um, dabs unironically. Um, but if you do unironically, that's you and that's congruent to who you are. I do it ironically because it makes me look 12 years old. I'm like, yes. Um, but, <laughs> but, it's, but it's about owning congruence. And I think that makes people believe in you more because it's an honest representation to you as opposed to uh, what kind of vegetable should you be i don't know (laughs) it definitely builds that trust absolutely okay let's this has been really amazing so far let's jump into Mm. the the content marketing side of this which great i mean you're so good at this there's a million things that i think we could talk about here Mm-hmm. But 
I think one of the biggest things that we want to go for is kind of the more advanced information. So after you've grown a community, regardless of what size it is, how do you get these people to take action? Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I'm I'm working on a little project. If I can make a plug right now. Yeah, go for it. Um, so uh, I've got something called AudienceActivation.com, um, and just a little letter that I'll be doing. You know, every few weeks, three weeks or so, four weeks, with just little tips on how to activate your audience to take action. And I'll talk about some of that. And I can put that link in here. Let's see, AudienceActivation.com. Right. I think that works. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, nope, that doesn't work. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get the link. Oh, here I have it too. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, put that link in there. Um, so so here's what you have to remember, and you said this, I think, a lot as well, is you have to own your audience. You can't let Vine own your audience because if Vine owns your audience and then goes under, you've lost your audience. Um, I personally like email because there's a lot of things about it that, um, are agnostic and everybody has email. Um, email is also, uh, not as squeaky, although it can be really squeaky. Um, whereas discord is like ping, 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 ping email. You can kind of come in and go, Hey, Hey, remember me? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then re-engage, re-engage. It's about, you know, where the cadence is. But you have to own your audience. So whether that be um, not just on Twitch, but follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, join my Discord, um, follow me on Patreon, uh, join my email list, um, you know, come to my log jam. I don't know. Um, but you have to create audience experiences in different ways because if one of those platforms suddenly loses money or suddenly goes out of business, you've lost your entire audience. So you have to salvage your audience by owning the audience. Don't let any other platform own them for you. Oh, it's so important. And I love that this mm-hmm. audience activation thing is uh you're kind of building an email list with this. It's so yeah. smart. And this is a I think a huge opportunity for all streamers in this community is don't rely on Twitch or even being able to email your subscribers through Twitch as the sole way that you communicate with people. Uh, don't let the stream be the sole way you communicate and don't let the the Discord and social media be the sole way you communicate because uh, Vine's gone down. Uh, Facebook, people don't really get on Facebook that much anymore, depending on which which audience you're in, right? Like younger right. millennials, Gen Z, don't care about Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, what else? Like uh, MySpace, what the heck is that? Like there's so many people that have built followings on these platforms that immediately they die and they're they're yep. gone. They're gone. So you have to find a way to group all of these people together and maintain some kind of communication with them beyond uh, the platform that you're working on at the time because we never know when things are going to change. How do we get someone to follow us beyond Twitch? Yeah. You know, I I think you have to have your stuff everywhere, but everything you create has to have value. Um, You can't just have Twitter to have Twitter. 
your Twitter has to create value on its own. You can't have a discord just to have a discord. The discord has to have value on its own. So once you, and I see you, you doing the, uh, <laughs> the, the bless, the bless RNG hands. Oh, um, so good. Is, is when you create these channels, it's more work for you. So don't build it until you're ready. Right. I don't have enough viewers or audience to build a discord yet. So I don't have a discord, but I have enough people on Twitter and I have enough people on Instagram to create content there. Um, and, and you can cross promote that. Um, having those links everywhere, saying I'm going live in Twitter, saying I'm going live on Instagram, putting it in Discord. You're you're creating all of these moments where so, – something that I never thought about before when I went, oh, my God, that's so brilliant, is having the going live notices in your own Discord. Um, that That's one other thing of owning your audience, of going, okay, they're on Twitch. Now I'm going to own them on Discord. Um, and Discord is going to have its own set of notifications and value. Um, so having that going live in Discord, if they're not following you or have that notification on Twitch, now they got it on Discord. Or they're following you on Twitter, and now it's on Twitter. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's a matter of of going, okay – these are all the channels that I'm activating um, because the other thing that we can get into here is this idea of top of uh, um, a sales funnel, right? Mm -hmm. And at some point during the journey of the sales funnel, which is, um, I think it's like, you know, rec uh, understand, I, I don't know. You, you can look up sales funnel, funnel on Google images, but it's basically, how do I get no one, someone to discover who I am, then know more about me, then want to actually engage with me and then beyond there. Um, and so having all these multiple touch points is like with you, Ashley, people come to you from YouTube. They don't come to you from Twitter or they come to you from Twitch or they come to you from whatever channels you have. But besides just having that one, that's why follow for follow doesn't work is because having one channel of activation for this is not going to reach the millions of people who are on different channels who aren't even going to engage with you on, um, Twitch. Um, exactly. so that's why, that's why having a Twitter, even just a Twitter presence, I think, um, is enough to engage another audience to get them to come back to you. Right. Um, but once again, I'm going to go back to your your bless hands is even if you do create a Twitter, you got to create content for it. You can't just create it just to create it and go, oh, people are going to come to me. You have to create content that people are going to go, oh, that's interesting or oh, that's a different take. Let me see what else these people have. But I think you've done this really well. I think a lot of other Twitch creators have done this very well of creating YouTube channels because there is a search algorithm there that is specific for what people are looking for that can then redirect you back. But that YouTube can shoot people out to your Patreon. They can shoot people out to your Discord. They can shoot you to all these different places. But you want to attack them at the entire journey of them looking to solve a problem or they're looking to for entertainment or whatever things you have available. You're speaking to my soul right now. <laughs> You're speaking to my freaking soul, dude. And it's because you're completely right. Like we think Thank of, <laughs> we like romanticize Twitch sometimes, right? Like we think, yep. Yep. and I know I've, I've been terrible about this in the past, but 
I thought that the end all be all was like, I want to grow on Twitch. That's the platform for me. Forget all these other places. I just want to grow here. But we don't mm-hmm. think about all of the people that might love us and might love what we're doing and love what we're creating for the world that just don't really like Twitch. Or maybe they think like Twitch is only for gamers. You're creating something else. Or or maybe um, they would. Or maybe, just... they, maybe they think that, that Twitch is only for males between the age. 1530. Yeah. They think Facebook is only for um, upper class people between the ages of six and 42. It's like, you got to figure out what the, what these different audiences are, how they interact with content and how them, how you get them onto your side to get content. If you're looking for younger viewers who may not have a lot of spending power, but they're younger viewers, gotta start building on TikTok. That's where they all are and bring them in. Yeah, that's such a good point. There's so many other platforms that we can be creating on, but you definitely, I mean, it still has to be value. It can't just be uh, you start a Twitter and you're just posting, you're going live tweets all the time. It still has to be you're creating stuff specifically to help people in some way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so good. So you mentioned the sales funnel, which this is Mm -hmm. like, if y'all haven't heard of this before, it's a a huge concept in like marketing and business. And the idea is that your, your top of the funnel is, um, the most general amount of people. It's like getting as many people as you can driving awareness for as many people as you can. And the people that are falling all the way to the bottom of the funnel are people that, um, really resonate with you really like they enjoy your stuff. They're your audience. They're the people that you're meant to serve. Right. So basically the idea is that you're exposing yourself to a lot of different people. Not everyone is going to latch on, but some people will, and they'll kind of develop this relationship with you and you'll go on this journey together. Um, And the biggest part of this, I think, is the very beginning, right? And getting just generating that awareness. A lot of streamers think that, oh, if I just get more eyeballs on my content, if I just get more exposure, then that means that I'll grow. But we know that that isn't necessarily true because you still have to be creating value, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this is where the idea of leads really comes in, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. And, yep. and, generate, and creating those so that people actually figure out who you are and decide, is this a creator that I want to be following. So let's talk about what yeah. leads are, and then maybe you can na- uh, name a few for us. Sure. So leads leads are basically people who might be interested in your channel, but I think it's... Oh, you're, hang on. You're cutting out one second. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's just like a really important piece. So I don't want to miss it. Okay. I think right. you're good. Go for it. Okay. So leads are people who might be interested in your product or service or let's say channel in this case, right? So how can we collect these leads and make them qualified? Qualified leads are different than regular leads. Some people say, how do I grow on Twitch by playing Apex Legends? Mm -hmm. Those aren't really great qualified leads because they don't, they aren't specific to who you are as a person or your personality. Um, For example, for you, your qualified leads are people who are interested in learning how to grow a, a presence on Twitch. So people are going to come to you from your YouTube. Those are leads. You, uh, they're going to come to you from Twitch. Those are leads. They're going to come to you from Twitter. Those are leads. Now, how do you convert those leads into people who are now consumers of your product, which is your Twitch channel? And that's why I say Discord. They join your Discord. Oh, this is a Discord where people talk. Uh, uh, oh, you were talking about um, a, a community of education streamers, right? Yeah. 
I have never seen any video by them. I've never been on YouTube. I've never done anything. But if I'm interested in, in engaging with that audience, that is now a lead generator. And I become a lead into that because I am arriving to it from Discord. So now you have all your people in Discord. Those are a group of leads. You might collect email, which is, I think, Noisy but effective. Newsletter, newsletters work and informational and blah, blah, blah. Um, those are leads you can collect that has a certain other type of audience. Twitter, people you can get. Then, once you have all these people that are fo- basically followers or leads, once you have all these followers or people who are connected to you, then you can start driving them to different channels and move them down your sales funnel. To, and, and as you drive people down, people are going to self-select out. So I think for you, you have a lot of people who go, uh, I don't like paid content, so I don't like you anymore, right? right. They're going to self-select out. And then there's people who do like paid con- that content that are going to continue further down the funnel. So you go to Twitter and you say, I got paid content. Some leads are going to go, I'm good. Some leads are going to go, let's go. You have your Discord. You say, hey, I've got my new ebook. It's a paid piece of content. People on your Discord are going to go, yay, that's great, or I'm not going to go. But you need to have an amount of leads to be able to start converting them to either paid leads or people who consume your content and generate income, uh, attention, anything. Um, and then you can start saying, okay, um, based off of the amount of, and I don't know if you can get this metric, but based on the amount of people I have in my newsletter or my email newsletter, um, this many people clicked through to my channel and they then followed me. Now you can say, okay, from my newsletter, let's say there's a hundred people and 20 people clicked through and followed me. That's a 20% um, conversion rate for leads from your email. So if you scale that up to a thousand people, you might estimate that 200 new people are going to come from that. So you can start making estimates based on the audience and the previous data you have of what your future might look like. This is so important. There's a really good quote here, uh, which is nothing, uh, wait, what is it? I can't remember verbatim, but it's basically if it isn't measured, it isn't, it doesn't grow. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot something. This is in my notes. <laughs> you always have to have a call to action mm. on everything you do. What is the action you take after you consume it? Right. So you say a raid comes in. Hi, I'm Ashney. I'm a streamer who talks about learning to grow your life on Twitch. That's your call to action. Hit, hit a follow. I saw an amazing one where this guy has a video that pops out of the top of his screen every once in a while. And he goes, Hey, if you uh, want to subscribe to this channel, don't forget you've got a uh, uh, Amazon prime and he's got a little animation right under the button that goes, click that button. But it's always a call to action. If you have Twitter, you say, Hey, I'm going live. Here's the call to action. Go join my channel. Hey, I'm, uh, uh, I just ate this really good, um, burrito bowl. Uh, here's the call to action. Look at the picture, right? Um, I knew I was going to come into this interview today and I didn't have a call to action. And I said, I have to create something that's going to help me out. And I didn't want to do just, hey, follow my channel on Twitch. Um, I wanted to start a project to keep me accountable. And that's what the um, audience activation is. Um, But that's part of that lead generation thing. Right. I wish more people did 
did that because I find that it's so smart. And a lot of the really established podcasts that I listen to, they always have like either a giveaway at the end of the person's book mm-hmm. or they've got um, they've got another place where you can like go and sign up and further the relationship with the guest if yeah. you feel like what that person said was interesting and you're interested in learning more about them. So I love that you did that. I I have massive respect for that. Um, let's talk about when we've got all of these leads, there's a potential mm-hmm. for like having too many, right? And yeah. there's like the, the signal to noise ratio. When yeah. do you feel yeah. like people become annoying? Um, so you're sending out all these notifications. It's going out on Discord, on Twitch. It's going, you're sending emails. Point. It's just noise. And once again, that's why I come down to creating value. Um, I know somebody uh, that all they do is just promote their own stuff on Facebook. That's all they do. There's no value for me. I don't get to see any pictures of them eating fun uh, crepes. I don't get to see them uh, on a slide and then falling on their butt. All they want me to do is buy their stuff. That creates no value for me. So that's all noise to me. I want more signal. So when you're creating this content, actually, if all you did all day was say, hey, I've got an ebook, buy my ebook. That's all noise. But the good thing is you create a lot of signal. You create good content on Twitch. You create good content on YouTube. You create good content on Twitter. Things where people don't want to turn you out, but they want to listen. But at some point, you're going to want to sell something or you're going to want to say, hey, help me out with this or join my Patreon. That's acceptable. But make sure that it's just enough where you're providing enough signal and not noise. That's how you get unsubscribes from your channel. That's how you get unsubscribes for email. That's how you get people to stop following you on Twitch and Instagram and YouTube is all you do is create noise where you're creating value for yourself as opposed to creating value outwardly. Um, then you stop getting people to follow you. Always put yourself in the view of the person who's absorbing or taking on your content. And if it doesn't create value for them, ask yourself why. Mm, This is similar to Gary V's idea of jab, 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 right hook. So it's Mm -hmm. give, 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 ask, but you should be giving way more than you're asking for something. If you're asking for like, and, and I think this even applies to stuff that's free, but you're still asking for an action from someone. So if you're mm-hmm. asking someone to follow for follow, or if you're asking them, if you're coming into a channel and the first thing that you're saying is, Hey, follow my stream. The problem with this is that you are asking to receive value before you've given it. So it's always yes. about how much I can give, even in terms of networking in the community. Mm-hmm. So like, growing relationships should always be approached from a place of service first, as opposed to trying to uh, receive some kind of value when you haven't given any yet. Oh, so right. good, Taylor. Well, it's, well, it's like when, when I first started on Twitch, I was like, all right, I'm going to grow my channel a little bit. So I went in things and they're like, how are you? Started my channel. Here's my link. And they're like, what? Why would that's really rude. And I learned I have to come in and be interesting. And I have gotten, I've gotten follows from chats purely on the fact of me writing jokes or being interesting in chat and being a worthy contributor to the chat while also respecting the streamer. Um, 
by being involved in chat and not taking it over, just contributing, but being entertaining, people go, who's this person? I should give it, I should check them out. So good. I think uh, something that you're really great at, at focusing on, especially right now with this new um, audience, what was it? Audience activation mm-hmm. is that you're looking to kind of bring streamers into this it's almost like a new age of helping people learn how to monetize better helping them learn how to get results with the communities that they've grown and so we've talked about all this really freaking valuable stuff already but there's a there's a a trend right now with what's happening there's a shift in this streaming marketplace if you will where there are people that are finally saying hey i've learned some stuff i have some knowledge to share or i've got some whatever else to share and so they're starting patreons and they're coaching and they're building businesses Mm -hmm. and i love this because entrepreneurship is something i'm incredibly passionate about but there's a lot to learn whenever you're getting into this level of uh, monetization or building products or creating services for people. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, And we're going to get like a little high level for a second, but let's talk about like the sales funnel uh, in Mm -hmm. regards to Twitch. Um, So so, so I want to take a step back and then I'll get into that Um, is, is some people say, well, you just got to get lucky on Twitch, right? And you know what? You can get lucky, and it can work out for you, and then you can be the next top streamer or top YouTube person. Fine. But not all of us are lucky. I was uh, a very logical, you know, computer programmer person, but I wanted to be on Broadway. I trained my ass off and I studied and I learned and I took classes and I paid for these classes and it put me in the position of when my opportunity arrived that I was prepared to take that opportunity. So if somebody says, well, you know, I got on TV because I just auditioned and I didn't really study or anything. That's the luck that other people are talking about. And I think what we're experiencing here with Twitch is because it's so new in terms of like live, because, you know, VOD has owned for so long and now live is kind of emerging and people who are successful go, well, I got, I got lucky. And it's like, yeah, you did, but you were, you had these kind of this perfect path that got you to that point that when opportunity hit, you were the right match for the content that was being created, right? For those of us who aren't the exact right match, we can go and get this stuff in information, right? So now let's talk about the sales funnel, okay? Is I go through the sales funnel and I go, oh, Ashney, you got all these amazing videos and they're all free of content, fantastic. I now have to spend hundreds of hours watching your content, Ashney, to get it all for free. I don't have that time. I work a job. Ashney, could you just do it for me? Could you just put it all together for me? And I am willing to pay you 
to put that together for me. I don't want to have to spend hours researching to figure this out. If you have already done the research, I am happy to pay you for that service that you bring here. It's not necessary that you have innovated this new method of how to get followers on Twitch. You may have, but I am paying you to do that work for me. I want to, I want you to pay you to do the service of collecting that information and condensing it just so I can get the right pieces. I'm happy to pay you for that. Some people aren't because they have the time to go out and buy and, and they're purchasing with their time, right? So as the funnel comes down, you're going to have these leads of people who are digesting your content. And there are those who are going to go, I'm not ready to continue down the funnel and pay you for it because I have the time to do the work on my own to learn and create. There are those who are not willing to take that time and just want you to do it for them. And they are able to go further down the funnel and pay you for your service to do it for them. I could spend hours and hours learning to do Twitter, but uh, you posted the link in there about um, somebody who does uh, Twitter help. I, I forget her name. That nerd um, pilot. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. post it in chat, whatever. Um, but uh, you said that to me, and I go, I want to pay for that. I don't want to do the thing of, of going out and learning what she did and spending the hundreds and thousands of hours training that she did. I want her to do the easy work for me so I can just do it, right? And so now you're going to have people who will qualify as leads further down the funnel to say, yes, I want to pay you, and I uh, – uh, I want to pay you for your service. Then you go, okay, how much pain are you willing to endure to pay for this? And that pain is the price you pay. And that's where you get into a pricing thing of going, okay, if this is really valuable, um, am I willing to pay for that pain? Or am I willing to pay for the pain of the hours and hours and hours I'm going to study? I'm choosing which pain I want to give you, right? Um, and the other part is it comes down to pricing. If you say, all right, I've got this thing and it's $5, the value of it isn't that apparent. But the amount, like if I say, I have this new thing that's going to help you get a streaming career, right? And it's now worth $200. Why is it worth $200? Is it really that valuable? It must be if this person is charging $200, right? So you're validating these leads as it comes down the funnel and you're going to lose people and lose people and lose people. But at the end of that funnel, you're going to find the people who are willing to experience the pain of departing with their money to pay for your product. Now, you may lose too many people at the bottom. You have a product that's $2,000 and you lose every pe every single person that comes down that funnel. Time to lower the price or create a discount. Then less people will be lost as they come down the funnel. So what I'm telling you is it is you shouldn't think of selling products as a bad thing. You are doing work for people and people are willing to pay for that work. It's just how much are they willing to pay for that work? <sighs> I need to like take a breath before I get in on this because, oh my God. Okay. Listen, if you're listening right now, I see so many uh, people in the streaming community right now that are, are attempting to like take their first stab at building a business and they're charging like $30 for an hour of coaching. Okay. And the way that people are going to perceive your service, which is your coaching or your product. If you're thinking of creating like an ebook or a course or something, people are going to base their perception on a lot of different things 
things, but price is a huge one, a huge one. If you are pricing that thing super low, they're going to think, okay, what is, what's wrong with it, right? They're way more likely to think, what is, why is this thing not as good as the thing that's way more expensive, right? So you increase the, the perception of quality of what you're creating if you charge more. And that's not to say that I'm saying like create crap and charge hundreds of dollars for it. It definitely still has to be valuable, but price is a huge influence to people's decision to make a purchase with you. So I'm so glad that I get to talk about that because I see so many people that are, they're not valuing what they do enough. It's like emo artists charging $5 for an emote. No, 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 my friend. Well, here's, here's another thing to think about. Imagine you have two basketball players. You have Michael Jordan and you have Joe Basketball. <laughs> they are just as good as each other, at each other as basketball. And if they teach you basketball, you're going to learn the same thing. But you are paying more money for the name of Michael Jordan because there's value there, right? So he charges $10,000 an hour, right? And then you have this guy who teaches the exact same thing for $30 an hour, right? You're getting the same thing. And a lot of people start going to this person. Well, this person starts seeing more people and starts getting more notoriety. That person can start charging more money because of the known value of success, Right. Mm -hmm. If I come to if I come to Ashney, Ashney has success. She has viewers. Sure, she doesn't have thousands of people, but she has enough to build a business off of. Right. Um, People are going to pay for that value. Whereas if you have somebody with 10 viewers and they go, well, I can teach you how to stream. It might be the same content, but you are paying for safety of the value that someone who has clout does right so if you're an emo artist you're an you're an artist and you say i'm charging 50 dollars for this and somebody goes that's too much and you go well okay go to another artist that works better if you want my specific types of type of art there's a value intrinsic in this now you may see people walk away but you may see people who stay in if nobody stays in then maybe you gotta do some more work but you have to value your service at a place as opposed to the bargain basement um, because if you devalue your service, then you're not going to make a living doing your thing, uh, doing what you Oh, is $5, then I'm just going to have 100 emotes. I'm going to build every emote, and then I'm not going to commit to anything, and I'm just going to buy a bunch of them, right? Um, and, and they may be good, they may be bad, but it's totally random. But yeah, valuing your service is important, and I think that the, the this idea of, well, you know, all this stuff is free anyway, so you might as well just give it away for free. It's like, you're paying for a value there, and you're paying for safety. Absolutely. There's, a, there's definitely a piece, too, that it's really difficult to start charging people money. Like whenever you start to, you start a business in the very beginning. I remember when I first started coaching, the first couple of sessions were free and I was super nervous about starting to charge because one, I knew that it was like really new for the community. Uh, but I also knew that some people were just very anti, um, paying someone for streaming information. Right. So you might have a little bit of anxiety about charging money for content. How can we help people feel good about that process? You're paying uh, um, paying for content specifically, like an ebook or 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it could be a product, but it could also be a service. Yeah. Or like, you know, subscribing is like, Mm -hmm. once again, it's like, what's your value? Why are you important? Um, Why is that guy's username? I'm really important. Um, (laughs) It's like, what is the service or value you offer, right? And so with a subscription, right, you maybe get a Discord stuff, maybe you get, you know, emotes, but what's the value of that emote? One of my favorite, my favorite thing about emotes sometimes is not necessarily that they're cute little whatevers, but they allow me to express a very specific thing. Uh, One of my favorite emotes right now is the unsub emote because it's so sarcastic and so stupid, but when I use it, it always gets a laugh and a reaction. I am willing to pay for that emote because of the value of that emote, right? Um, if the Discord, like I'm in my 30s, and if there was a Discord, here's a here's a business idea for somebody. If there was a Discord where all, that I paid for, and it was like you know twenty dollars a year, that was just adult gamers who were non-toxic and wanted to play games together, I would pay for that service because there's a value in that. And I'm willing to pay somebody else to do the work for me. And I think that's how you have to think about it is you are doing labor for somebody else. They're not doing you a favor by exposing your art. You're doing them a favor by becoming by creating something for them that they wouldn't have in the first place. And it's unique. Because if you're just doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, then the value plummets, right? Um, it's like, remember uh, hoverboards? It was like, oh, it's a hoverboard. You know, the thing with the two wheels. It's a hoverboard. It's $700. And then everybody had a hoverboard. And now it's like, you know, $50. Who cares? What's the value in it? Um, but what if it was a hoverboard that, you know, made you pizza? It's a $500 <laughs> hoverboard, you know? It's like there's there's a value that's that's able to be produced there. And don't think that value is worthless. It is worth somebody's time. And they have done the work of their time of having a job to create that, to exchange it for your time. And your time is valuable. So use it. Time is money, baby. Yes, that's so good. There's so much of this, uh, so many people in the streaming community that feel really bad about just charging money for all of the work that we're we're doing. There's an obscene amount of work behind some of the things that people are creating, but they're not making any money from it because they almost are like, I, I don't know, is it they're glorifying that it's free or maybe they're glorifying the work as opposed to valuing the work? Right. They're, they're saying you don't need to pay for it. All you need to do is do the work. Right. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's the same thing as a free to play game. Do you want to go through the process of waiting for these timers to finish? Or do you want to skip the timer? You can pay to skip the timer. Right. And instead of getting another cow on your farm in Farmville, wow, that dates me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You can pay for knowledge and, and uh, it's, think about like Udemy, right? Um, Python. You want to learn the programming language Python. There are a hundred million free resources to learn Python online and you could do it. But I'm willing to pay somebody who has created a structured approach in video form with, with worksheets that I work on that will get me closer and safer to the finish line than just me trying to figure out and failing on my own. I am paying for that safety net and I'm willing to pay for that labor that somebody has done to get me to the finish line faster. I can't wait. And, 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 and and there are people out there 
if you want it for free, go do the work to get it for free. It's available to you. If you don't want to do it for free, that's fine too. But everybody can make their own choice of which direction they want to go and how they want to level up. I think that's the huge misconception is that whenever someone starts charging for for a service or a product that that means that there's not anything free. There's no, like there's no help and you have to pay to be able to get that super secret level information. Oh my gosh. But a, a, an approach that I've adopted and that I really believe in is like, I want to over deliver for people. I don't want them to yep. have to, to have to pay to get information. Cause I know what it's like. And I really care about the, the community. Maybe if I didn't care as much, I don't know, maybe I would put stuff behind a paywall. I have no idea, but, um, something that I think is super important in, in this community. And like, as this develops is that we realize that all of the information is there for free, but if you want to deepen the relationship, you have the opportunity to pay. So if you've been thinking of like, maybe you're starting social media coaching, or you want to start stream coaching, or you want to start, uh, building some other kind of service-based business or product-based business, it's okay to charge for those things. It's totally fine. If you want to do that, as long as you realize that, There are plenty of other free resources for people too. And you're going to have people here's, here's the thing that's really smart about it is if you're building a lot of free resources for someone, free YouTube videos, free streams where they can come and ask questions, free podcasts, you're serving all those people that have the time to consume all of that stuff. Like you said, Mm -hmm. but then there are people that don't, and you want to serve them too. There are people that only like YouTube. So they want to be there. There are people that only like Twitch. So they want to be there. And you have to think when you're building your business. How am I going to be serving all of these different types of consumers that could be helped by the thing that I have to offer? And and, and here's here's another analogy. Uh, Ashley, you want to go to the store. Do you want to take a bus? No. (laughs) Oh, you you, want to take an Uber, huh? Nah. Well, okay, fine. You want to take your own car? (laughs) That's okay, I guess. Yeah. Okay, good. So I've gone up the level of work and value right? Mm -hmm. Of going, the bus may take me the longest, but it's the cheapest value. But I'm willing to pay somebody else to get me from point A to point B immediately. And I'll pay a little bit more for that, but I still kind of have to wait for it. But if I get my own car that I buy with my own money, now I can go do that and buy the own gas. And so it's like, there's different gradations of how you can reach the end, but what you're willing to part with to get there is choices for everybody. There's no right way to get to the end, you know? Oh, this is so good. Oh, I love your brain. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, hey. <laughs> Join my email list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Let's, uh, let me, uh, I have like two more questions for you, actually. Sure. Ah, sure. maybe three. So whatever you want. One thing that you're helping me on right now is building mm. the landing page, which is like right. a sales page for the ebook that's about to come out. So mm-hmm. you are helping me with um, sales copy, which is like the words that people put onto a website to try and get someone to make a purchase of a thing. Uh, you're also like basically doing all of it. So <laughs> this is a, a huge strength that you have that I have not I do not possess this strength and landing pages and sales pages are really, really important for people just 
in general, I think if you're looking to get into business on Twitch, it's super, super incredibly important. Can we talk about like building a landing page that is relevant to the Twitch community? Because this is something that has not really been been done yet. Well, you know, you have a landing page underneath you right now. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Okay, I see Hi, you. Hi, <laughs> I'm Ashney. I've been on Twitch since 2013, and because of my amazing friends, I'm I was terrible. That's, that's your pitch, right? Is going, here's where I was. Here's my problem. Here's how I overcame it. That's the value proposition you offer. Now, what's the values you offer? We believe streamers are valuable. We believe in hustle, right? If you subscribe, here's the things you get. So, like, this is not a foreign concept. You're telling the story of why you are valuable, right? Um, so your panels beneath is your sales landing page. And guess what? Once again, there are hundreds of free resources on the internet where you can learn what the components of a sales landing page are and how you can write them down. Tell me your story. How did you get here? What did you overcome to get here? Why is this place important? What do other people say about you? Um, blah, blah, blah. That's the landing page, you know? And there's a few components. Is basically, what's the big headline? Why are you important? What's maybe a little bit more of why you're important? What's your personal story? And yada, yada, yada. I think one of the things that people have problems with is they, they, they approach these personal stories from a third degree as opposed to stepping every single step to get there and really saying what they want. So something like um, saying, I'm shy. Why are you shy? Well, um, I, I, I don't like what my face looks like. Why don't you like what your face looks like? Well, I had this thing that happened to me where somebody said I looked ugly. And it's like, that's what it is. Yes. And, and, wh- and why does that hurt? Is because I need that validation and I want to feel good, right? So let's get to that core emotional part of why somebody is going to visit you, right? I'm here to create entertainment for you and make you laugh. That's the value prop. I'm here to make you a better streamer by teaching you uh, X, Y, and Z at the bottom of your thing because I was there. That's the value proposition. So taking these ideas of landing pages and sales landing pages, every website of a product, that's a landing page. How do we get your email? How do we get you to buy a product? How do we get you to go on, follow us on social media? Those are all call to actions and you create those call to actions in your panels on Twitch. Here's my Twitter feed. Here's my Patreon. Here's what you get. That's it. So people are going to look at those panels to learn more about you. And that's your way to pull them in to who you are. And then they might ask you questions about it. And then you can pull them in even more to build that relationship with your viewer. Oh, Oh, yeah, I know. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. I think uh, the most important piece is learning how to speak to emotion because there are a lot of people who just have like an FAQ in their profile section or if they're trying to build a a sales page for a product, they're just very methodical about it almost instead of thinking about what's the real reason, the real core reason behind why someone wants to buy this or why someone wants to tune into the stream. It's, it can be really hard to get to that 
emotional piece, right? But it's yeah. also, I mean, in that research that we looked at, once again, like last week, one of the pieces that people come to a stream for is for emotional connection. They want you, and we talked about emotional labor earlier. People yeah. want you to resonate with them on a human being level. So instead of having an about section that's like an FAQ or it's, hi, my name is Sally, I'm 22, and I like to play variety games that's what you're going to find on my stream so click that follow button i'm live four days a week like that doesn't really say anything about who you are and you kind of feel like this robot almost you feel like this lifeless thing that is just there and you're missing a huge opportunity to connect so and it doesn't answer the why yeah totally. and i think that's the that's the thing you always have to go is why am i saying why am i right Hmm. And here's something interesting that I just thought about is like if you're an entertainment streamer, your content underneath should reflect that. It should be entertaining and and uh, have the content that's similar to the content that you're putting out. That's such a great point too. Staying on brand, mm-hmm. just in general. If you want to be known as an entertainer, be funny on literally every platform, which good luck with that. I don't know how y'all yeah. do it, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. I but do- that's, congru- that's congruence. That is like the hardest, I think, value to nail as a streamer Mm -hmm. is being funny consistently enough to where people just want to come and they laugh at your stream and all your content all the time. That is super subjective. Yeah, Yeah, it's really Mm -hmm. subjective too. like education. Not really that subjective. Like my personality is the way that I deliver it is. But like facts are facts. Research is research. But funny is different for everybody. So you almost have to think, the, the, like, am I, am I uh, turning more people off because I'm leaning so hard into entertainment over all of the other values that I could be giving? Right. Oof. But your personality is the edge against other people who are providing edu- education, right? Yeah, do I want to learn? Do I want to learn tennis from the really strict teacher or do I want to learn tennis from the really easygoing teacher? Yeah. And that's a preference too, that everyone's going to make their own decisions. Like all the stream coaches that are out there, I'm going to vibe with some people. I'm not going to vibe with other people and they're going to go and they're going to hang out with a different streamer. So yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Gosh, Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Let's go ahead and transition into our Q and a portion of our stream. So if y'all have been hanging on to any questions, I know we do have a few, but I have one last question for you, Taylor, which is, sure. uh, if you could give like do one I need to get a haircut. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to all of the streamers that are listening right now, what is that number yeah. one piece of advice that you would give? Show your emotions. Mm-hmm. The more you show, like you, you talk about vulnerability like when people go vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. That's an emotional quality. Emotions, this is, okay, this is really deep. Emotions make us human <sighs> and they make us separate from each other, right? And how you feel and react to things allow them to feel catharsis and connect with you. So if you're playing a game and you're excited about it, be excited. If you're sucking at a game, be frustrated about sucking or laugh it off and move on. But, um, don't just play the game or don't just create the content, create an emotional feeling. And one of the things that I love to do when I, when I teach, 
um, is I get emotional about it because when I see them achieve what they what they achieve, I get excited, right? Because I'm like, yes, that's the way to go. That's that's how that's how we do it. And they respond to that because they see that I'm excited and it's excitement, you know, feedback loop. But once again, I'm just going to say, don't shield the emotions you have. Show them, and that's going to let your viewers and your audiences connect with you. So good. So important. Please do. <laughs> Please do. Please do. do. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've got a question from Mr. Incredibad who asked, mm. uh, would you say the offline banner is a landing page for your Twitch channel? What is your view on sacrificing this real estate by auto hosting other streamers? Um, I think auto hosting is helpful. Um, I can't say too much about that, I think, because I don't know enough about, uh, the product itself. But what I can say is, and and you're helping people out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think when people go to your channel, they're looking for you. Um, and if you're part of like a, a, a group family, a, a dream team that kind of, you know, you reference them, they will go, but if it's some random streamer that you like that your audience doesn't know, then they're going to go, uh, I don't care about this. Mm-hmm. But having that screen as your landing page saying, I'm live at this time. Um, you could find me here. Um, uh, uh, do this, take an action, right? Um, that's all important. And I think Twitch is also rolling out a feature that's peering on stuff. It's like, Oh, here's the latest highlight or whatever. Um, but it, that's a moment in time where you can really activate your call to action and saying, I'm not here now, but do this. And, uh, yeah, I think that's really, really prime real estate. Um, I would only yeah. auto host if your audience knows the people you're hosting. Yeah. I am not like a huge fan of the, the auto host feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a great idea and I love the idea of like everyone supporting everyone. And I think there should absolutely be more of that on Twitch. Massive praise to freaking Tim, the tap man and every other humongous streamer that goes in and hosts people with two viewers. I think that is so incredible, but also you're right. There are a lot of people who drop by your channel when you're offline and they want to learn who is twitch.tv slash Taylor's here. Who is twitch.tv slash Ashley Christ. And if they, they see this other human being, I mean, not only then are you losing out on that potential space, but you're also potentially distracting them because maybe they find that other person super interesting and they go into that stream instead of looking at the, the, page that they came to to figure out what this person is all about maybe uh maybe that person that you're hosting says something like racist or homophobic and now that's reflecting on you you never really know how people are going to take that and i think uh, hosting someone is almost like one more barrier to uh having a deeper connection with people who are looking for one from you so i think if you're if you're in the highest of high echelons Mm -hmm. um you don't really need it, because, right? Yeah, but if, true. But if, but if somebody's being introduced to you, or some or trying to grow out of you know on uh, under a hundred concurrence, um, even above that, I don't know. Um, having that informational piece, I think, is important. That's why you have the now live under your stream thing. Is that's part of the CTA of come back at this time? Yeah. Oh God, that's so good. That's really important. As much as I love like the idea of 
auto hosting and just having video content there all the time. It's also just uh, maybe yeah. not, not the best implementation of what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. Okay. Our next question was from Wolf Ghost, who asked, what happens if you show too much emotion? Um, I think it depends. I think it depends on the emotion. And, and um, I think a lot of people look at emotion vulnerability, and I say emotion is an expression of the feelings you're having inside. And they're both positive and negative. But I think, once again, it comes down to emotional labor, right? Is if I'm having my audience do emotional labor for me, um, they now have to do work, whereas they just may want to sit back and chill, right? Um, and I'm never saying that you shouldn't do emotional labor with your audience because sometimes it can be a really cathartic experience of going, I'm going through this really hard time and I'm feeling this. Um, so I, I'd say it strikes a balance. Um, you also have to be professional because you are a professional host streaming and there comes a bit of professionalism with that. Um, so uh, it's not something that, that I can like express in, in terms of like a talking point now, but I think, it, it, uh, or, or saying there's too much or too little, but you have to calibrate to what your emotional congruence is. You know, if you're really chill and you hang out, that's your emotion. Oh, this is cool. You know, um, I think that it's more about reactions are important. Um, than the core emotion, because what you see is the reaction. You feel the emotion, and then the reaction comes from that emotion. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it really comes down to the type of community you're creating. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely dependent on community. There's some people yeah. who have these, like, ridiculously supportive communities that they can be mm -hmm. 100% honest, and they can ask for that emotional labor, and their community is all about giving it. But there are some yeah. communities yeah. where they're like, hey, I'm just here to relax. I want to chill. I don't want to, I want escapism, right? I don't want right, to have right. to do any labor. And so mm -hmm. those types of people probably can't get too emotional. And I do tend to see that, I think, from the largest streamers. It's relatively like, it's almost no emotional labor. Yeah. Right? Yep. Well, 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 because they can't connect. And something that I'm trying to, because I think the people who are in the top really unique. Yeah. Most of the streamers are not up there. Um, is, is when you're all the way up there and you want to connect with people and you have the Dunbar number, um, do you create a value, like a money value tier where the, and I know they have like subscriber only days or whatever, but you create a money only tier where only these, these people can, um, interact with you. Uh, one of my favorite streamers, the sushi dragon does <laughs> sing, singing and dancing on stream. And he will only do one of those for $5. He is set value on that. Um, I know a lot of music streamers who just have open song requests. Um, but I kind of say you have to train people that the only way they're going to get something is to give something in value to get it. Right. Mm -hmm. So even if you're doing free stuff, do it through a portal. I don't know why I went on this tangent. Do it through a <laughs> portal that takes money, but say you don't have to give any money, but you give them the opportunity to create value to be part of the narrative. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's once again, it's like those people at the top, top, um, 
it's not a place where you're really interacting with the streamer that much. You're interacting with the community and the content they have, almost like a YouTube con- comments live. Um, once again, that's just my experience. Yeah. Um, but there are there are some extensions out there that are working on creating sentiment scores for the audience to check out. Oh boy. Yes, I wonder where I can find that. Wow, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really, really important as you start to I mean, it's the idea of like supply and demand, right? If I've got a yes. lot of people that enjoy this thing from me and I've got a mm-hmm. lot of demand for the thing, then I've got less ability to supply and to meet all of those demands because there's so yeah. many people asking for it. So how do I filter it out? Like, do I do yes. first come first serve? Do I put it behind mm-hmm. a paywall? Do I only allow subs to have the thing? At some point, I think um, we should all be thinking about like, how can I um, make these things that are really special about my stream, maybe sub only or, or create some kind of value exchange for those because yep. you yep. can't do like free, I don't know, free channel reviews forever. You can't do free labor for people forever and ever and ever and ever just in perpetuity and it feel okay with you because at some point you're going to feel like you're being taken advantage of you're going to burn out and there's just people are asking for too much from you and you're not like receiving enough in return right so well it's like it's like patreon tiers yeah you know it's like as as you get higher up you know you get more value a pledge yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. I think having a, a piece of time where you are maybe validating the idea by making it free for a while, and then once yeah. that demand really starts to increase, then you start charging for it. So, like with our channel reviews, for the longest time, like I mean, they're still they're still free, but I could I could charge for them, right? Like there's potential there for that because. There's so, 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 so many requests. I cannot handle them all. Of course, they're like a thing that I do for free because I just, I love and I, I want to give back to people and they've, I don't know, we also haven't done them in forever. But if I wanted to make these like a staple of the stream, something that I could do is say like, okay, well, they're, they're sub only or they're $10 or something. And then that way people or- have to opt in. Or you can make them all free, but say, if you donate money, yours get to the top of the queue. And some people do that for music stuff. Oh. Um, but it's all about, like, you, you, you can still make things free. You know, I'm not saying just charge for everything. Right. Because uh, if, you, if you want to do it, you want to do it. But you, you want to make, it's like a, a user interface design, is you want to make the path to the thing that you want as the creator, as as easy as possible. So if you want to get people to eventually start donating for stream reviews, say, here's how you request it. You don't have to donate any money, but the donate, you know, thing like, um, I think like Streamlabs does this or whatever, where you can have like the donation donation page or even like a bits extension where you can say, you know, listen, you have to put the request in this field. There's a place for there to put money. You don't have to put any money in there, but if there's, you know, it's like pay what you want on Gumroad. Some people put free things on Gumroad and say, okay, put something in the, the, the kitty to, to help me out, you know, but you're training people to go through this pathway so that instead of just going there to the free place, you go, it's here, but you know, the path to put in money is available there as well. Mm. Yeah. Very accurate. Oh, so good. I love that we got to talk about monetization as such a huge piece mm-hmm. of this conversation because 
it is not talked about enough and there's so much behind it so much goes into creating like a an exchange in value that includes a financial component so yes yes woof mm. oh lio said let's see uh it's like when someone says they're a chill streamer doing a chill stream and then when you tune in they're always listening to metalcore it's a lack of congruence mm, yeah. or it's like somebody or it's like somebody who plays destiny all the time and then you come in and they're playing legos you're like oh, where's my destiny stuff unless they're a personality streamer or a variety streamer and you're yeah yeah or or you're a chili streamer and go why is there no chili here oh my god i love chili <laughs> what is it you need to start oh. a chili stream i just need to start chili. like a food stream just straight up food all the time Chili Christ. Chili Christ. <laughs> Chat always influences my dinner decisions. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like I've seen I've seen that a lot. It's so bad. They they'll get talking about a food and I always get it for dinner. If y'all didn't know, like if you've ever been in a stream and they ever mention poke, I probably have poke that night. If you've been in a stream Pokemon. and they ever talk about like barbecue or it's so bad. It's so I'm so like influenceable. I'm seeing it already. And you have yams. Why haven't you taken a big bite out of that onion? Oh, my God. No. (laughs) That was was one of the greatest days of my life. For those of you, punishment for me or a stream goal where she had to take a big chomp of an onion. And it was one of the greatest things I've seen on stream in a long time. That was so gross. Do not recommend. Let's let's stop with this stream advice when we get back to chomping that onion oh my god it's oh horrifying (laughs) but do it because it's a great charity goal (laughs) yeah yeah oh all right taylor where can everyone go to find you uh follow me on follow me on everything taylor is here twitch taylor is your twitter taylor is here instagram and then uh yeah this uh Activation. Um, if the redirect would work, it's audienceactivation.com, but I have this landing page that I got. So, so I read email, I'll send you a message every once in a while. Um, but but uh, come come hang out and stream with me. I, I think I'm going to start focusing more on, on camera presence and focusing on how to, once you've started streaming, how do you then take that audience and have them do things with it. Like I'm doing with you with landing pages and marketing and all that kind of stuff. I think that might be something of value. Honestly, I think that's going to be so great for the community. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Taylor is here. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for helping me with the ebook. Thank you for just being such an awesome part of the Yam Fam and our community and helping us with the Tater Talk podcast as well. You are awesome. I can't wait to work with you some more in the future. Yes, son. <laughs> Speaking of the ebook, if you haven't checked it out yet, you can go to streamcoachbook.com. It is about the journey that I took from zero to 75, 100 plus average viewers and all of the things that I learned to build a really solid foundation for the stream. That includes things like networking, branding, marketing, 
monetization, etc., etc. So check it out if you haven't already. That's streamcoachbook.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tweet at me. Let me know what you think. If there's somebody specifically that you'd like me to have on, I would love to speak to whoever y'all think would be amazing. So let me know. I love you so much. I'll see you next week. Bye.